Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of It Be Your Own People. I'm going to jump right into our cocktail of the day. I just cracked open a nice, chilled, crisp, dry Riesling for Sally and I to share. How are you liking it? Oh, I love it. It's perfect. We finally have some good temperatures, some great weather. So we're really trying to get into these spring summer vibes with y'all. The spring summer vibes and all the tea. We're going to get it started with a a little game we want to play. It's called Sweet or Toxic. So we're going to be talking about these different instances in relationships. And you know, Sally, let me know what you're thinking. But um, is it sweet or toxic when you follow each other's location? Like, find my friend. What do you think? Um, I'd say it depends. So if it's... I'm going out of town, I'm traveling alone, I'm in an area that I'm not too familiar with, and you're following my location just to make sure that, hey, I don't get pulled over and get my head busted wide open on the side of the road. Why not? But if I'm telling you I'm going to the grocery store and you're looking up my location to see where I'm at every single second, and then asking me where I went for the three-minute detour that I took to stop at Ralph's Italian Ices, then... That's toxic. Okay, I feel you on that. But what about, um, we have Atlanta housewife Drew, whose husband done up and left for multiple days, and he did not tell her where he was going. He ended up later on after he returned telling her he left the state. He left state lines. And turns out he could see her every move and their kids every move in their house. Now, how does that work? Um, I'd say that's borderline toxic because in that case, if she's home with the kids and her mama's there, it's not a safety issue. And if you were really that concerned, your ass would be at home. Okay, got it. So that's a toxic controlling issue. But moving right along to wanting to know where your other half or your spouse is, what about disappearing to the bathroom for an hour and your boo wants to know where you been at? And basically, you just show up an hour later like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Why Why you want to know? Because half of you told me you was going to the bathroom an hour ago, and you just got back. So, example is, basically, one of the couples from Married at First Sight, homegirl went to the bathroom, and then just left and went to the bar. But she didn't tell her man. She didn't tell her new husband. And her husband is like, well, clearly I was worried about you. Because you went to the bathroom, and then you wound up coming in the door over an hour later. And I'm thinking, girl, you got explosive diarrhea? What's up? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, there, I feel like in that situation, he was just asking a normal-ass question that, you know, you told me you were going to the bathroom. An hour went by, and you just now getting here. I need to know, is this a problem poo or a party poo? (laughs) Or is it you chilling at the bar with your side boo? Poo. Period. Poo. 
Um, I'm thinking that whole relationship is toxic. It needs to be thrown out the window. He is caring and sweet, but she got to go. Yeah. I mean, there they definitely both have their issues because if it's like, okay, I went to the bathroom and I was gone for three minutes and you're asking me, where were you? What were you doing? Well, what color was it? Do you need more water? Are you, do you, are you drinking less water? <laughs> then that's but guess what if I time. am in the bathroom for 20-30 minutes you know not to come and knock in because clearly I'm having some stomach issues so there's a balance between it in this situation I do feel like homeboy was being a sweet boyfriend and spouse but um the girl she's lying watch out for her that that marriage is not gonna work mm-hmm. okay okay so next question in line with uh watching out for your partner Let's say you and your partner, you're going through the baby process, you're in the pregnancy, and after you have the baby, you know, sometimes things don't look the same. And you have a partner that's consistently commenting on the baby weight in an effort to allegedly look out for themselves and also for you. Is this so weak? Or toxic. That's all the way toxic because you're not about to tell me how my body is going to look after carrying a child with you. Let the body do its natural thing. However many pounds I gain, I am going to naturally lose it, keep it on, make myself happy. As long as that baby is good and healthy, that's how my body is going to look. But what you're not about to do is try to shame me for the weight I've gained or the weight as a couple we've gained together. So a little more context, Safari from Love and Hip Hop, him and Erica, he made some comments to her body after she had their child. And he basically said that if they have another child, he wants her them to get a surrogate but tell them why you don't want another one because i got too big for during my pregnancy no i didn't tell them yes yeah, uh, thank I you said that. that's not right safari thank she, you oh my yo she's making this up yo you one and almost dies giving birth you mentioned my stomach afterwards oh wow I didn't say she got too big. I yes, just she said, did. You said you got too big. I got too big. I don't want to be fat again. That's what you said. And Erica definitely wants to have another child, but she doesn't want to waste money on a surrogate because, you know, yeah, they're on TV, but they got normal money like you and me. But at the same time, Safari definitely made comments about her weight and him gaining weight while on their pregnancy baby journey so no safari have several seats all the way in the back that is definitely toxic ain't nothing sweet there bye yeah that those comments he made if he really didn't make them were completely uncalled for because how dare you try to tell me oh you gained a little bit of weight it was like of course i gained a little bit of weight i was carrying your big-headed child for 40 weeks a whole human so you know that's not easy and bodies Women's bodies go through so many changes monthly, daily, weekly. And if you're going to be with me, you know, for better or for worse, that means that you're going to love me either through my flat tummy tea body or my Hagen dazs at 3 a.m. because I'm trying to, to settle these cravings body. Absolutely. And Erica alleges he said this. But, I mean, no one safari. He probably I'll said it. just apologize. Make do with your wife. I hope this divorce drama is not real. But we're going to move on. So is it sweet or toxic when you're deciding to take the medical steps to not have any more children? So it's sweet if it's a 
if it's a decision that you both made together because you have reached the end of your family planning journey and you know that your family has grown to where it should grow and neither one of you is planning on having any children. Yes. It's toxic if it's a ploy on the other person to make sure you don't have any more kids with anybody Mm -hmm. else. But guess what? I'm going to do me and continue the lineage as I see fit. Yes. So basically, Neil, this is all about you having made the decision with your ex-partner, your ex-fiance, that you and her, after you had your two kids together, were no longer going to have children. They decided she would get her tube side and he would get a vasectomy however he did not schedule and get his vasectomy in fact they ended up breaking up he moved on he found new love he got married to his now wife crystal and not only had another child and never got the vasectomy he is now having his third additional child and he is now claiming that his current wife talked him out of getting a vasectomy that's all the way controlling toxic get the f out of here no yeah, I mean, if he had no intentions on continuing the relationship, this forever relationship with his fiance, then that's, you know, that's on them. That's a decision for their relationship. But to then come out the woodwork and be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, maybe another kid would be perfectly great. Because we don't know. What if this was a compromise that his first almost wife decided to do where it's just like, well, I could want another kid, but if we're done with this together, then okay, let's take the step so that this doesn't happen anymore. So it's extremely selfish. You can make a decision now and want to change it later. I totally get that and understand it, but you don't have to go to the extreme. If you know you don't want to have children now, we'll take the precautionary measures to not get pregnant. But Neo, have several seats. Bye. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our last portion of this game. Is it sweet or toxic when you get into it with your partner in an elevator, but you still decide to stay in the relationship? The minute you put hands on me is done, done. Dun 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 dun. How done is it? Done. Dun 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 dun. Absolutely agree. No one's ever touching me unless it is warranted, and we we in that mood. But we're not about to have a negative, toxic fighting that is not happening. But we have seen that relationships can survive a toxic elevator argument you know, whatever the case is. We have seen Beyonce and Jay-Z make it past this. Well, that was her sister, but yes. Oh, yeah, Solange stepped in because, you know, I mean, when you have a reputation to uphold like Beyonce does. Tap me in, coach. She like, hold up. I'm not about to say nothing, but your ass is going to feel it later. But Solange, when you have a real friend, when you have a real family family member, when you have your sister who's going to be like, no, I got you. Anytime, baby, show me where he's at. Or let me get my pocket knife on site. In the face, it's on site. Don't worry about it. But um, this current video that just surfaced of Sweetie and Quavo, they apparently stayed together for a little while and now are no longer together. And um, it's toxic for me all the way. Ain't nothing sweet about putting hands on anybody and staying with them. Nope. Yeah, this Ike and Tina shit, it ain't for me, so... Not at all. Honestly, it doesn't matter if it's self-defense. The second it gets to where either one of you feels that putting hands on each other, getting physical, getting violent, that's a clear indication that it's time to just let it rock, 
move on and this is there's no way that you can ever go back to how it was before absolutely the only thing sweet about that is the music and the goodness that's going to come out of your talents afterwards after you move on from the relationship ain't nothing else happening there say bye boo and keep it moving and that's on period poo all right and that brings us to this episode segment of what the fuck news what the fuck news we're gonna get it started off uh with this little tit for tat that went on between a one mr kevin durant who is now with the brooklyn nets between michael rapaport in the dms it went down in their dms it goes down in the dm it go down it go down in the dm it go down it go Tell us about that tree. It did go down in the DMs. And basically what I got from seeing both sides of the story. So Michael Rappaport put out personal DMs that Kevin Durant sent him after Michael Rappaport was doing what he does best. Talking shit about other people. He basically only talks about basketball and housewives. That's the only thing he cares about. He talks a shit. Kevin Durant got salty as anyone should, you know, when somebody's talking about them. And he went up in his DMs. He called him all types of bitches, you know, four little C word, this and that. He was like, we can fight tomorrow. Meet me at this spot in New York. He was giving him times and days to show up. And he was like, listen, I'm going to come after you, et cetera, et cetera. So, yes, he was a bit, you know, harassing him. But at the end of the day, this was just two men arguing. After a certain point, Michael Rapport stopped responding to Kevin Durant. He only really responded with like, just do the interview. Make sure you uh, go and visit and help out the kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn, which I am still confused as to why he said that. But his responses were very polite. And you know why? It's because Michael Rapport had every intention of lawyering him up, getting his lawyers, and sending them after Kevin Durant. After Kevin Durant got news of these lawyers, he said, oh, okay, you little bitch ass, you gonna send your lawyers on me? And he just continued on with harassing Michael. At the end of all of this, the NBA caught wind of it and fined Kevin Durant $50,000. I don't agree with that. This is just two men having an argument, disagreeing about whatever the hell they're disagreeing about. But for your own job to get involved and find you, $50,000. Yeah, that's a lot. Even if it was $5, I'd be like, no, no, my job is not about to tell me who I can and cannot have an argument with on my own personal time. What are your thoughts, Sally? This seems like it was something that just escalated and got out of hand way too quickly. And honestly, Michael Rappaport's a little bit of a snake for this move because it kind of sounds like, like what you said, like he's setting up Kevin Durant to get him to the point where he's inciting him. If you're... You know what? Michael Rappaport is being a real Kenya right now, where he's over here waving the scepter in Kevin Durant slash Portia's face and basically trying to make it to get a reaction out of him so that he can sue and get his monies and get his coins because we're in the middle of a Panera Bread. And who knows how Michael Rappaport is getting his money right now. Yes, Kenya from Housewives is definitely an antagonizer. And that is what Michael does best. But... Kevin Durant was only arguing with a person one-on-one. It wasn't like he was at his job and said anything at his job. This was personal DMs on Instagram. Now, if you tell me anything personal that I do, my job is going to come back and say, 
hey, we're going to find you this amount of money. It really does depend because there are certain things that like your job can't get behind. This, I feel like the NBA should have stayed out of. And after it all went down, I mean, Michael Rapport did say that he feels bad that it got to this point. But what I don't understand is the two times that Michael mentioned him going to help the kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn. I want to know what that's about. Does he have a charity with them or something? Because I looked it up and Kevin Durant is from DC. Now you leave them kids in Brownsville, Brooklyn alone. They good. They don't need no help. We good, baby. Michael, what you talking about? And also the Barclays Center where the Brooklyn Nets play is not in Brownsville. It is in Flatbush. So if he wanted to be culturally and geographically relevant, then he should have said, help them kids in Flatbush or maybe even Crown Heights. All I'm saying is, I know Brooklyn, born and raised. I grew up and now live close to Brownsville. I grew up in Crown Heights. We good. We don't need no help from nobody. So if you're trying to take a dig at Kevin Durant and tell him, oh, no, go and help them. No, 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 no. We good. Michael Rapport, how about you check yourself before you see who you who you coming after? And you know what I really want to know? I want the NBA to be like, okay, keep that same energy. Show me the DMs of your white NBA players because you know they get heated. You know they're probably out here saying worse shit. Unless, you know, let's just find everybody. Facts. And into our next segment of What the Fuck News, I know that was my exact reaction when I heard about this from Michael Strahan, but it turned out to be a joke. Thank God. Tell us about it. So for those of you on the socials, one of our favorite things that we love to watch is Michael Strahan with his West Indian work ethic out here working nine, six, seven, eight, 29 jobs. And in all those 29 jobs, he's giving us that perfect smile Featuring his very signature gap front teeth. April 1st, he puts out this video where he's claiming to have officially closed the gap. What the fuck was what I said? Because that's signature. That's Michael Strahan. Like, that's a huge part of his personality. I know I was big mad. I know other people were big mad. And honestly, I feel like it gives him personality. It gives him, you know, this cute aura that he had no... It's not like it's not like the gap was wide enough where I could put my whole foot through it. Even if the gap was wide enough to put your foot through, through your ass through it, whatever. The fact of the matter is... I was very happy to know that this was a joke because I hate when people make it big when they get to a certain point in stardom that they feel like they have to change themselves, especially their appearance, whether it be men or women, whether you want to close up your gap or change your ass or whatever. You should do it because you want to do it, not because your PR team or society told you there's a certain look. Yes, and thankfully he did confirm on Good Morning America that the gap is here to stay, baby. It better be. And on this section of hashtag we winning. We winning, baby. We'd love to take a moment to highlight love in some of its truest forms because it doesn't all have to be toxic all the time. So, for example, big congratulations go out to Jeannie Mai and Jeezy who tied the knot. Round of applause. Yes, so happy for them. I know they were trying to plan a wedding last year, but of course, for many 2020 nuptials, they were canceled or postponed. But I'm really excited that they decided to move on with their love and and make the big leap 
because uh, I think Jeezy lost his mother recently. So that was a big push for them to just show their love. But also, I'm so happy for Jeannie after her very terrible and messy divorce from her ex-husband mm. of almost 10 years, who was a very frequent guest on her show, The Real. He seemed to be a perfect husband. And then once the divorce came, he wanted half her money. He wanted half everything. And then even though they decided they both did not want children, he went and, you know, met a new woman. Good for him. And went on to have one and I think two kids um, with a mutual friend of theirs. Uh-uh. Mm. See, cheating is always bad, but it's one of those things where that's just the line that you don't cross. You're going to cheat with a friend and then you're going to have kids with that friend? How dare you? Very rude. But guess what? Jeannie and Jeezy are winning. Their pictures look lovely. I'm happy for them. And may their love continue to bloom. Yes. And also, shade but shade but no shade to the fact that they did realize we are popping bread in this whole Panera bread. And they decided that a big ass wedding was not in the cards because people are still out here dying. So they decided to keep it small because at the end of the day, it's about the love that they share and not about the $20,000 a plate per person. And in continuing to celebrate love, lots of collapse and snaps go out to Megan the Stallion and her boo thing party. Because, you know, they're just out here on the socials just being really in love and showcasing everyone um, and showcasing, you know, what it's like to be a, a POC couple in love and having their love bloom. But really bigs up goes to Megan for tweeting out, it may be hot girl summer, but my boo's picking me up right after. So you can still be fine and fun and then leave with your boo at the end of the night. Absolutely. Love. All of the love out there right now. It may not be February, but the love don't stop. So hats off to them. And now moving on to our section of sad blackity black ass truth. Sad blackity black ass truth. We made a little mention to this earlier, but this is mostly about toxic relationships. So this now infamous viral elevator scuffle between Quavo and Sweetie. Uh, when the video dropped, it was alarming to see. I have to say that I was shocked and surprised because I really thought that Quavo was one of the good ones. I mean, they broke up about a week or two ago. Yeah. We find out that he cheated. And now we find out that he put the paws on Sweetie. I'm shocked. What about you? Um, I mean, I'm not really shocked about the cheating. He is one third of the Migos, so I, I feel like that comes with the territory. Uh, but the video itself was disheartening to watch, to say the least, just because, again, I don't think that it's ever okay for things to escalate to that physical altercation. Once you put hands on someone, for me, it's pretty much over. And we know that the video is now from 2020, so it was almost a year ago. And the fact that they did stay in the relationship long and even longer than that, uh, it just kind of, you know, speaks to this narrative of people choosing to stay in relationships out of maybe, I don't know, a sense of obligation or they don't know how to move on or they don't know how to leave or they think that, oh, I provoked it, I caused this. And it's just sad to see people continuing to go down 
toxic paths when it's so physically, emotionally, and mentally unhealthy for them. Yes, agree. And I had a whole different mindset when I thought the video happened recently as of after their breakup. I had a whole situation set up in my head thinking, mm-hmm. oh, okay, hold up. So Sweetie tries to grab a bag. He grabs the bag back, kind of like, you know, pushed her to the side, body slammed her a little bit. She falls to the floor in the elevator. So I'm thinking, homegirl's trying to leave with all the jewels and the bags that he has gifted her throughout the years. Because you know what? At the end of the day, that's her shit, not his. You gave it to her, that's her shit. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm all for you, girl. Get your shit and try to run. But now finding out that it happened a year ago, like not recently, and they decided to stay together. And now Saweetie leaves because he cheated. Girl, you are so much better than that. You are better than him. But what made it even worse was that this elevator video happened to come to fruition and go viral around the same time, if not the same day that a new Miko song dropped. Right. I have issues with that. Yeah. So now that we know that this video is over a year old, Mm. why is it just now coming out? And it's kind of looking like a huge media PR setup to, you know, because now the Quavo Saweetie conversation is all we've been talking about. We have all these memes swirling around and Quavo is tied to Migos. So again, all of this, it's based on this idea that there is no bad press. Exactly. And I would think that this would look negatively upon Quavo and the Migos, but it turns out that there were so many people on his side talking about, oh, you know, she deserved this or what did she do? It doesn't matter what the hell went down. It doesn't matter what argument or anything. It should never get to a point where somebody's body slamming, put their hands on you, etc. But I just, I was really shocked at the reactions that people had to this video on the socials. I mean, I'm not shocked because I am shocked. They have a whole conglomerate super fan following of bums, and all the right. bums know how to do is to continue to big up each other, no matter how wrong they are. How many times has what's the one that's married to Cardi? Offset. Offset. How many times I forgot has, his name too. Yeah, uh, and what's the other one? I never knew his name. Take off. He was the third one. He Take was, off. He was the other one. Because he gets taken off from all these songs. He gets taken off every song. <laughs> but are they really bums or are they B-A-Ns? Mm. Because looking back now at Saweetie's music, you know, I didn't really hear her music, wasn't really a fan. But now, listen to her music. It's a whole mood. It's a bop. Yep. You know, we was rocking to it in the car just a little while ago. And I'm like, hold up. She was telling us about, I don't know, was it Quavo? Was it a past relationship? But it definitely holds truth today. Her discography is a whole word because she mm. is saying things that I'm just like, Girl, you're talking about my life. A life. I was just like, yes, I, I resonate. I resonate with this message preached. She has that one um, B-A-N song, Bum Ass N-Words, where I'm just like, girl, you're talking about my dating life in, 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 one th- in a one three-minute clip. <laughs> Facts, but also, even though this came out a few years ago, her music is still very true to her situation with Quavo today. Yes, it seems a little bit too today. So either you're a prophet and you can see into the future, which if that's the case, 
please run me those lottery numbers because I also want my M's. But also, we already know that Sweetie knows she is so much better than this. She has shown all of the great music she could put out. She don't need you, Quavo. Buy yep. what you're cheating ass. Yep. And you're putting your hands on women. Get out of here. It's back to the streets for you, boy, because you was just a lease. So on our section, uh, Black Card Revoked. Yeah, Black Card Revoked. We are going to be talking about and revoking Lisa Ray's black card after she defended Rob Lederman's disgusting colorist comments comparing his toaster settings to black women's skin tone. Let's take a quick listen to what he said on his radio show from which he has now been fired. How, what? So what is your what, what, no, What's the number? I think it's, 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 a, it's probably a seven-ish. Six, oh six to seven, God. probably seven. See, we have ours, and I'm going to make it into trouble it's for like this. Two o'clock. We have, I have them to the attractiveness of women that I find to be attractive. <laughs> so I'll go. I will never go to a Serena Williams level, but I'm very comfortable with, like, uh, uh, I'm very comfortable at uh, a Halle Berry level. Okay. I need a, a, a little bit of mulatto still coming through. It can't be, Not you know, like, is Gail King... Not that's not in your realm. No, Gal King is not even in on my on my toaster level. All right, Tree. So what's that on that after listening to this comments? I am completely appalled because I don't have a problem with people saying what their preferences are. You can like what you like. You cannot like what you like. We all have our own preferences. No one's going to tell me my preference is wrong. Your preference is right, etc. But what I do have a problem with is trying to bring down certain people, especially a gender, especially a race, based off of how they look. You're talking about you would never go as far to talk to a Serena Williams. How about Serena Williams ain't checking for you, boo? Mm -hmm. She would never talk to you. She's over there sitting very pretty with her own career, her own man, her own husband. But it's just the fact that we have to stoop so low. Like the conversation apparently started with you talking about toast levels. How do you compare how you want your toast made, how you want your food properly made to you comparing skin complexions and who you would talk to or date? Are you out of your mind? Is this really the world that we live in right now? Right. And then, so that's actually a good point that you bring up to with his comparing his preferences to toaster settings. Essentially what you're doing is bringing down the black woman to that of an inanimate object. So now what you're saying is that you're essentially dehumanizing us to the point where you can't even, it's not even about a comparison between people. You're comparing people to toast. Like what the fuck is that about? And then for Lisa Ray to come out the woodwork and say, I heard that he's just saying that he just doesn't, he won't go as far as a dark-skinned black woman. He's comfortably going with the color of a Halle Berry. What's wrong with that? First of all, nobody asked him about what kind of women he liked. Exactly. They were having a conversation on how they keep their toaster settings. The other co-hosts on the show were talking about, you know, oh, I like to keep my toaster at a six or a seven. And then he even prefaced his own comments with saying, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Like, then if you know you're going to get in trouble for it, why say it? Why say it? You know what? People feel like 
their opinions are just that and they're not going to get in trouble for it. But you do need to realize how far you go and when too far is just wrong. But my thing is, Lisa Ray, you know better than this. And I am really disheartened that you would back someone up for, for being so disgusting with these comments. And I guarantee you... Lisa Ray, if you were dark-skinned, if you were my complexion, hands down, you would not be saying this. I don't want to tell you how many times you hear, oh, you are pretty for a black woman, or or you're this and you're that for a dark-skinned woman. We're not about to go there. But what this man did, he basically brought up the brown paper bag mm -hmm. test all over again. Have we not learned anything in what's happened in the past year, but also in the past couple of decades? Who's going to let in, be let into the house and who's going to stay outside? Your skin is too dark. You can't do this. Motherfucker, what I'm going to need you to realize is that these women who you reference would never in their life give you the time of day. So I am glad that you lost your job, but I also hope you don't get any other opportunities to ever speak your disgusting comments and your opinions ever again. And Lisa Ray, I'm going to need you to take a seat and just really think about, really think about what you say next time you're on your show, because people like you and I like you. So it was hard for me to revoke your black card, but it needed to be done. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that because Lisa Ray brought that up because Lisa Ray definitely benefits from light skin privilege. Of course she does. So because of the fact that she knows that the comments he made are not directed towards her or people mm -hmm. who look like her, then she can sit back and with her privilege say, oh, well, He's just talking about preference. And it's so much more than that. Like these are, and I love the fact that Selena Johnson came for her and Vivica Fox and Claudia Jordan definitely got her together Good. because, you know, there, this is a much more deep seated rooted issue that affects not just a white versus black issue, but a black on black issue. Absolutely. It happens all the time. It happens across the world where you have colorism within the race and I just don't understand how you can go from talking about toaster settings to black women's skin. How do you bring gender and race into this? Boy, go sit your unemployed ass somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Lisa Ray, get some education. And that's that on that. All right, I am so excited for our first ever Be Your Own People guest, our really good friend who has her own Black-owned business, Alexenia Davis, who goes by Lexi. She is from The Poets List. Say hey. Hey, glad to be here. How excited are you to be our very first guest? I'm super excited. I love the concept. Like, I'm so proud of you guys. So thank you for having me. Yes, we go way back, but I want to hear more about your business. Tell us about The Poets List. What is this about? Yeah, so the Poets List, first of all, our tagline, our motto is making the poet popular again. Very, very dedicated to just the worlds of poetry, the genre itself. So it's a brand, but centrally, it's a news and media website. So we focus on, you know, gathering news articles from across the world. We also feature spoken word videos, um, original interviews, and just, you know, features and op-eds and stuff like that. So it's a one-stop shop for anyone who's interested in finding out what's going on and what's most current in the world of contemporary poetry. But then we also have an Instagram and that's been really big as well. We do prompts over there. We're really engaged with our followers. So, you know, the, the ideas and goals that I have for it are just limitless and 
I know that it can be very, very big and it's already become really, really big. So I'm excited about it. Well, don't be shy. Let us know what the Instagram is. Oh, yes. So the Instagram is at the poets list. So that's where we really highlight written work. So it's, you know, very hard to determine like plagiarism and stuff. So we try to keep that off of the website, which is poetslist.com. But on the Instagram, that's where we feature and we shout out poets who are interested in writing like short poems, more full length poems. And we just feature them on the Instagram feed. That's so great. I love the fact that you highlight, uh, you know, celebrating and amplifying Black stories, Black voices, because that is one, our main feature of our podcast, but also because of where we are within the social spectrum today, there's really not enough of for us, by us. And the fact that you've been doing this since even way before, you know, all of these other big corporations started going on their performative tour of amplifying diversity. So if you could just tell us, you know, how long you've been doing the Poets List and really what got you started on this journey? Yeah, absolutely. So I started it in March of 2014. I am a poet as well. So I've been doing poetry for a really long time. And I had a video, which I think you guys actually saw, you went to BAM to see it. So um I had a short poem that was traveling literally the world on a short film festival circuit. And I wish I could have traveled with it, but (laughs) either way, it went out there and I have a background in publicity and was trying to utilize that and see if I can get some publicity for that film. And I just realized that there was such a void on the web when it comes to poetry geared websites or blogs. And so you would find like a section like the New York Times for Arts and Entertainment, and they may have a poetry-related news story every once in a while, but there was just nothing solely dedicated to poetry. And so I was like, I can create this, and it might take a while to get off the ground, but I can create it. And so I just sat there in my apartment and started the website, and it it looks so much better now. It's just, you know, so engaging now, but um, at the time, it still gained a lot of traction because it just, nothing was out there that was like that, you know? And um, to your point about celebrating Black voices, I do feel like because I am a Black woman, that is something that's very important to me to make sure that we are there at the forefront. But, you know, ultimately, I am someone who really cares about just sharing stories. So it's not, you know, solely Black. There's a mixture of races, religions, um, viewpoints, you know, I think it's really cool that I can be someone who cares about Black people and my religion, which I'm Christian, and all of these things that are solely related to me, but that I can still find room to share things that are important to other people as well. So it is a very diverse community, and I'm really happy about that. So now that the Poets List is going into its seventh year, um, would you say that this is that you've had to sort of self-teach yourself uh, the different ways around web-based platforms, or are you now in a position where you can collaborate with other creators? So has so opening up avenues and doors towards other platforms and mediums that maybe you know we don't even think about in terms of creating work. Um, I think I understand your question. Are you saying like? am I now at a place where I want to be able to help other people by employing them almost? Yeah. Okay. So I think eventually that is definitely the goal right now. It's really been something that I've been, I've had my hands in every single aspect. So like, you know, 
I have a merch line, which is not the forefront of this whole brand, but it is there. And like, I taught myself how to, you know, figure out the type of designs that I want. And, you know, I'm not a graphic designer, but just, you know, basic things to put on shirts and to make it look, to make it pop. And so from the website to that, to social media, it really has been a journey of just me teaching myself or, you know, picking up things along my actual career and, you know, infusing that with the poets list. So like, for instance, right before I started the poets list, I had just moved back to Charlotte, North Carolina, um, from Brooklyn, New York, moved to California for a while, moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. And so when I came back to Charlotte, I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to do freelance wise? Like, how can I get my career off the ground? And at that time, do you remember Blogspot? Like blogger.com, blogspot.com? A little bit. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that had the the logo that was like an like art square with a B in it. Yeah. Yes. And it was like, I don't even feel like WordPress was popular like that back then. <laughs> like um, it was like blogger. Um, and so I knew how to use that. And then I like talked myself into this job at this like newspaper here in Charlotte. And they were like, well, do you know how to use WordPress? And I was like, yeah. And I literally had to learn like on the spot. <laughs> and so there were some things that she had to teach me, but ultimately I was like, no, I need to figure this out. And so once I learned it, I was like, oh my gosh, like when I was ready to create the quotes, I'm like, I'm doing on WordPress. So like everything has been just like learning from people or playing around with platforms and figuring it out. But ultimately my goal is I know exactly how I want this run. I know what to do. I can teach someone else or hire a professional and be like, you know, this is, this is, the vision I have. And I feel like I will still be able to maintain control even while delegating. And, you know, I've heard through like different podcasts and motivational speeches that that is something that's important to like really be able to say, I know every aspect of my business. Now I can go out and employ other people. So Absolutely. And, you know, I really applaud you for, I mean, this is how many businesses get started anyway. It's like going out there and not finding what you need and what you're looking for. And then being a person of color and saying, I am going to create this for myself and I'm going to do it exactly the way I see it coming to fruition. But also I'm going to make sure I know every single step so that anyone who comes along, I'll be able to help them. I'll be able to tell them how it's supposed to be run and how I see it running. So what's really the inspiration behind, you know, the poets list and what keeps you motivated? What keeps you going? Yeah. So, um, I'm glad you asked about the inspiration because so overall this has a lot of moving parts, but there are little things that I've taken from other platforms. So for instance, I love Wikipedia. Like it sounds crazy, but like I really love it. And I really wanted it to be something that was incorporated onto the site. So the poets list, hence, you know, there is a list and the list is a list of up and coming poets as well as renowned poets. And you know, there are pages that, again, I built out myself, but they include like your biography, links to the poet's website and social media handles, a couple of videos so you can get a taste of what their poetry is like, as well as like some of their images, press images. And so now there are a couple of poets where if you Google them, the poets list will pull up first because they don't have a Wikipedia page and they may or may not have, you know, a website that's easy to find. So I definitely was inspired by Wikipedia in that sense. Um, yeah, just like I said, inspired from the void when it comes to poetry. Like even if you look into like 
gospel music. There are so many blogs and websites dedicated to literally just gospel artists. And I think it's dope that they have that. So, uh, Well, we also wanted to know just in addition to the inspiration, what would you say is the driving force that keeps you going? Because we know that this is just one of many hats that you wear. And it's difficult to be able to keep up with all of your responsibilities and then also keep up with a business, which is taxing in and of itself. So how is it that you're able to get through everything that you need to get through within your day being who you are, and then also still having the fuel and the energy in the tank to keep the poets list going? Yeah. So give us a little insight into who Lexi is aside from the poets list. We want to know. Absolutely. Okay, I'll give you some background about myself. So one, I am very spiritual. So God, 100% keeps me going. Like even recently, yes. it was just like a super chaotic time, which I'm sure it is for everyone. And, you know, I was like, God, I need you to just continue to remind me of like, my purpose as it relates to the post specifically, because I feel like I know just in general, you know, what my purpose is on earth, but I just wanted to know, like, remind me about the post because I need I need like to continue to be creative about this. And even just in him reminding me of like some of the comments that I've received on the poets list about like, oh my gosh, I was about to stop writing or I was really depressed and like, I didn't feel the need to keep going, but then you like reposted my poem and I just feel reinvigorated. Like who would have thought, you know? So God, for sure, anytime I'm feeling low in any aspect of my life, he reminds me of like what I'm here for. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I feel like, that drive that you get being from New York city and just, it is a rat race. It is a hustle, but people wait, wait, just, sorry, continue. just a little backstory. We all Brooklyn. We, we met about 16 years ago, 16 exactly. years ago in high school, Brooklyn, yep. Brooklyn girls, all right that high school track. Like Although I'm the only one still in Brooklyn, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like side note about that, like people who are not from New York city, like don't get it. Like you're literally on the train at like nine, 10 years old by yourself, getting to and from school. Like we used to go, we all went back in Manhattan. So we would take like, well, for me, it was like 45 minutes for you guys. It might've been even longer to get to co- to get to high school every morning. And then we would go to track practice sometimes all the way up in the Bronx and then have to get all the way back to Brooklyn, do homework. Like it, there's this mentality that you have just because your life is so different. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, so that New York City grind—that's that's a life prepared for sure. But you know what? I can do it because there weren't as many reality shows back then. There was no social media <laughs> for us there, to get distracted. There was no cell phone, mm-hmm. so I didn't have nearly have as many things as I do now to keep me entertained. Yeah, it was all about yeah. who's dancing and singing on the train. That was my <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, and our train naps. Don't forget our train naps. Those came in really clutch. Well, that was before, um, you know, the world just got more dangerous. Yeah, now you definitely don't want to do that. I mean, even back then, you kind of didn't want to do it, but sometimes you're too tired. Mm-hmm. I would sleep literally with, like, my eyes half open. So, like, <laughs> see what's coming in on the train. Those are the best sleep. And the minute somebody walked by, you're it, being a New Yorker, your eye is trained to open up mm-hmm. when someone walks by. As mm-hmm. a sensor, like the doors Absolutely. open up, your eye opens up. You'd be like, bitch, wait, you're getting too close. Back up, though, <laughs> but back up. It's like, oh my gosh, I love it. Like the energy is just so different. So I always have to make sure I tap into that. Like I said, I'm in Charlotte, such a nice, peaceful life I'm living. But I always have to remember, you know, 
I still I have that in me. And you um, have a whole nother extra drive, not to cut in, but you can't forget about this new bundle of joy that has entered your life just recently. Tell us about that, Lexi. Almost one year old now. He is everything. His name is Prince. And he is just and the most beautiful baby. Prince. He's literally the best. He yeah. is. He's the most beautiful, just fun-loving, excited child like I've ever known. And so I'm just so happy to have him and you know it's it's weird because I am 33 so it's not like I'm placing the weight of my purpose on my child which I know is a very common thing like people feel whole once they have a child I'm lucky enough to say that I did feel whole before having him so he doesn't carry that weight he can just be a kid make his mistakes you know to have his own successes and not feel like it's tied to me but um I am very happy to have that ability to just pour into him, you know, so purposefully and for him to be able to see that, like, you can do a lot of different things and be very happy in all of them and, you know, have different types of purposes in your life. So, and you would definitely say, would you definitely say that he's a driving force for, you know, continuing and keeping the poets list alive and, and thriving? I feel like it's something that I want to be able to show him. Um, I want to be able to show him that as he gets older, if you have a dream and a vision, you can, you can make it happen. You don't need a lot of capital to start on your vision. You don't have to have even a lot of support, even though I do feel like I have you know great friends and family who support me, but like, you don't have to have anything other than that dream, that vision, and that willingness to continue forward. So it'll be great to be able to show him that. And for him to also be able to see that, like, you can still work a job and have a stable life and do your passion. Like, you don't necessarily have to choose. If you do, that's great too. But like, you can do both. And so, yeah, I want to do this. It's, it's something that I'm doing for me, but that will have a great, you know, effect on Prince, I feel like. I love that so much because you're already starting off with this idea of not pigeonholing your child into, you know, the family, like the cultures that we come from, it's all about mm-hmm. you study really hard so that you go to a good college and you get a good job and you make money because this is how you're going to be successful. And here you are showing your son, these are all the different ways that you can do. Success does not necessarily equate happiness. And if there's something that you want to do in life, just go out and do it. Yeah, because tomorrow's never guaranteed. And honestly, like Prince just looks like one of the happiest babies ever. And you can tell that he's just out here living his best life because that's what he sees his mom doing. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. He is living his best life. Bestest. So do you have a favorite poet or anyone from the poets list that you would like to highlight? Yeah, I will say that. um, So a personal inspiration just for me as a poet has always been Jay Ivy ever since I heard of him. So I was writing poetry ever since I was a child, but in terms of like when Kanye West um, dropped, I guess, I guess it was his first album. You mean Kanye back? In, okay. But Kanye back in the day. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just I had to make sure. Was, I just had to check. First album. Um, Never let me down. If you remember that song and it featured um, a poet named Jay Ivy and then also Jay-Z. And so Jay Ivy's verse was just so incredible. And it's maybe not the first time I heard a poet on, you know, on a record, but 
that's the first one I remember, like just that, or that's the first one that I remember that like made me feel like you, you need to do that. Like it made you feel something and you were like, it, it I made need to know feel more like, about this. I need to like, do it myself. You can be so creative. It doesn't just have to be words on a white piece of paper. Like it can be words put to music. So when I got to college, I was too shy to go and like perform my poetry in front of a crowd. So I started a YouTube channel and would, you know, record my my work and then I would find a track to put behind it. And like part of that Is was this a YouTube channel thing. that you would like to let the people know about or yeah, they can. It has so much okay. stuff on there now, but um youtube.com slash NIA59. You know, you get to pick your, your name and you can't change it. So <laughs> that's the name I picked back then. But um Nia 59 and you can hear some of my like old work on there if you want but yeah I love J.I.V. he's an incredible writer um and then recently so this is just like was so cool I went on Twitter recently and we got tagged by Kevin Powell and he had just written a poem for Complex yeah he just wrote a poem for Complex for Black History Month about Malcolm X. And it just reminded me again of like how much I also loved his work. Um, and his, I would just hear kind of in passing, like if um, I was watching a show or came across something in a publication, but I just know that he's such a moving writer too. So there's a couple of people that I just really like. That's great. Now I know you were listening on earlier in this episode and, you know, we talked about, in our hashtag we winning section, the union of Jeannie and Jeezy tying the knot. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I know you're you're a fan of the couple. Um, I'm definitely a fan of Jeannie Mai. So um, I really liked. And so, OK, <laughs> one thing and you know this about me. I try not to idolize people because I just never know, especially celebrities. I never know what's really thrill, what's really going on. So mm-hmm. I like what I've seen of Jeannie just as an activist, as someone who's very thoughtful and insightful and about someone who is authentic. She seems very authentic to me. So I really like her and I'm really happy that she's happy. And I really like the way that they've described their dating process. So just, you know, once they were committed, they were committed and, you know, they really got to know about each other's histories and whatnot. So from what I know of them, I like, I'm very happy there. Okay, great. And um, I know you heard our little game earlier. We played Sweet or Toxic. And a little birdie told us that you wanted to get in on this game. So we're going to ask you some of the questions as well. Uh, First question. Okay, so we're going to give you a list of scenarios. And you're going to tell us your personal opinion, whether you find this to be sweet, so cute, normal relationship behavior, or toxic, all the way left, you need to go. All right. So the first question, following each other's location, like on your, like find my friend on the iPhone, sweet or toxic? Okay. How long have you been dating? We don't know don't all know. those details. Let's mm, say it's a little dating a year. Dating a year? Yeah. I don't know. That's a little too much for me. No. So you find that toxic if your, your other half wants to know where you are with five yeah I think I think it can be a little toxic I feel like you know you should be able to be honest with each other about where you are but 
I don't think it should be a stalker for that, type for situation. them to confirm for them to confirm <laughs> yeah feel like it's stalker okay yeah. all right but I feel like if, the, if you both agree then that's fine but if it's just like I want to know mm-hmm. send me a location so um I had a situation once where an ex while we were dating went into my phone oh no and Mm-mm. followed um set up the follow my location while that's I was all sleeping. the way toxic call the call that's the purple, ho ho <laughs> That's toxic as fuck. No. I mean, we no, haven't dated for four years by that time, but yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but are you together now? No. Exactly. <laughs> for a reason, because that was toxic. But, um, but okay, wait, can I break in here though? So, <laughs> I think it's toxic. I think it's toxic. However, I know that when I liked someone one time and when I was still on Snapchat and they decided to make that map, I would definitely be looking. I'm like, why? Why is his icon 45 minutes away? That's different, though, because that's something that they're publishing on social media so everyone can see it. Right. But also, we know Lexi and we know how she is. And she likes to know all the details and look up everything. Sorry, girl, but we know. Yeah. So So sometimes there are things that you you just should not be looking at. This is my thing. I definitely I think it's toxic and I've definitely had those toxic traits. And but that's also because we are telling you that you do. We, but that's also because we know the type of men that I've chosen. So again, let me tell you one more thing. So again, this is meet Lexi in the past. This is not anything current. Like not it's anything. Okay. It's okay. We've all grown to be better people. But in the past, we've like this is through. like over a decade ago, Lexi. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> like at one point, I thought I thought someone was cheating on me, right? Which he was. <laughs> But I thought someone was cheating on me. And okay, I, but he was, but yeah, he was. He was. Okay. So but I was trying to confirm it. So I was trying to get into Facebook at that time. And I couldn't figure out the, secu- the answers to the security questions. So I would try to bring it up in conversation. Like get the answer. <laughs> oh, what is your favorite color from middle school? So no, like what? what's no, your favorite no, like food? This, like, You're trying to find out the password. What's your like this, like, name again? Like this, oh, um. Wait, your grandmother. Wait, your grandmother's name was. Mm. Yeah. Wait. You know wait. Spell the regular way. I don't find that oh, to be toxic. That. I, I find that, that okay. to be smart girlfriend behavior because when these bans be doing us wrong, like there's no confirmation but to find out, and they're never going to tell themselves. It's always someone else coming to tell you what went down. No, they tell on themselves. Like when they ask you questions. Like when they accuse you of doing stuff, but it's really because it's the stuff that they do. And so they're like, yeah, but oh, that's, are you yeah. kidding? But that's towards the end telling on themselves. Someone um, recently said on Instagram, they were like, you can't call like your girlfriend crazy or whatever if you are actively like cheating on her and then, you know, that's, try that's to call her crazy. She's like, yeah, exactly. However, the person that said that amazing thing was Derek Jackson. <sighs> Well, Lord. we refer to him as the bonnet husband yes. on this show. On our previous <laughs> episode, he's yeah. the bonnet husband. He's the bonnet husband. We will not give him a name. Because but you see, that's what's called. You can't it you just that's put on the, zones if your house lives atop but, of yeah, the but that's what. But that's what sex because he did say so many great things. It's just that he was doing them. So it's like, so it doesn't invalidate. Oh, he was so good at pointing them out. Yeah, it, like, it doesn't invalidate what he said. It just, it sucks that it came from. It sucks that he's a source yes. that it came from. 
He's still telling the truth. It's just that he yeah. is the asshole who wasn't he actually, following the truth. He actually has a really good poem on the poets list, though. If you uh, a couple years no, ago. no, no, no. You gonna, I'm sorry, no. but it was from like 2000. We're gonna need you to revoke that, honey. That or maybe change his name to the bonnet <laughs> husband. Okay, so next in this sweet or toxic, what about commenting on the baby weight? That your spouse has gone through to look out for yourself and your partner. Sweet or toxic? Wait, I'm sorry. Can you remember that? <laughs> this came from the reference of Safari. Safari, Safari and Erica Mena had a child. Mm-hmm. And Erica Mena alleges that Safari says that she's gained too much weight after having their child. And he also gained too much weight. So if they were to have another child... He wants them to do it via surrogacy. So he talks about her weight and his own. Toxic or sweet? First of all, because I don't really have that, you know, I only know about Safari. Okay. My thing is like, if she had not gained any weight, and he was the only one to put on weight, would he still be saying anything? But I mean, that's, uh, think of the fact that you are carrying a child, you're going to w- gain weight regardless, even if it's all belly, right? Or even if like, doesn't matter what kind of, you know, jeans you have, or the weight you're going to put on regardless, or if he didn't put on any weight, period, I think that he was shocked at how her body changed in this childbirthing process. At, at the end of the day, in nine months, she had a whole human. His human. What did he do? He was there. He was just I there. But that's why I'm saying. I've, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think him him incorporating his own weight is like a thing. Like I, I, just I feel like, like he incorporated it to seem like the he wasn't, he wasn't like to seem like a better guy because yes. if if she had not gained any weight, he would still be walking around looking however he's looking and wouldn't care. That's, mm-hmm. But I don't know him. But that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, I'm jaded. But I do not think, number one, that you should comment on anyone who recently gave birth for at least one, Ever. not two years. Like, it, it, like there should and be it a, doesn't matter that it's it your wife. Be, this is wife. That it's ridiculous. Like, there's, yeah. there needs to be, just because everyone's body reacts to pregnancy different, and it's a major thing. Like, someone once said, like, recently to me, oh, you're putting your life on the line every time you give birth. And like, that is a true way of thinking about it. Like, so to even come out of that and have anything to say about the weight is just ridiculous to me. Like, obviously, you know, if it's a health issue, like some people, um, they get that thing where, you know, then they gain like 90, 100 pounds or something like that. Well, some you know, people are bedridden, you know, after yeah, five, six it, months, so they kind of gain a lot more weight but then you'd actively be trying to figure that out because of a real serious health issue that you're going right. through. Other than that, like, I don't think there should be a comment. And then second of all, I mean, if it's really about health in general, you're going to be working towards that lifestyle, whether you had a child and gained baby weight or not. Like, I don't know. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I think there needs to be more sensitivity around, absolutely. you know, yeah. gotten pregnant or given birth. And then, you know, you bringing up the health issue also reminds me of if he did say this and suggested using a surrogate, the fact that he would so flippantly suggest it is just like, you know, people use surrogates because they cannot conceive naturally mm-hmm. on their that own part. 
or you're talking about, you know, maybe a same sex couple that cannot physically give birth on their own. So you're, it's almost like he's making a joke out of, oh yeah, we'll just use the surrogate because Mm -hmm. I don't want you to get fat. So you're basically taking away that opportunity from another person or another family who would otherwise really benefit from this service because they physically cannot have kids on their own. And that also is extremely insensitive on anyone's part to make that comment. Absolutely. Just a very vain thought to think about having your next child Mm -hmm. and share that with how are you going to look after? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, he know he's wrong in, in all the ways. And you know what? That's why Nikki. Where did he say this? Where did he say this? They said this on the Love and Hip Hop Secrets Revealed that um, premiered and aired earlier. Uh, I want to say it was February earlier this year, about two months ago. Um, so moving on to our last question in the game. Is it sweet or toxic when you get into it with your significant other on an elevator, but you still stay in the relationship. Okay, what was the story behind this? So the story behind this is, you know, so we've talked you. about <laughs> what we've talked about most of this episode. Sweetie and Quavo's elevator, uh, the the now infamous video of them getting into it in the elevator. But we can also refer back to Beyonce and Jay Z and Solange standing up for her sister, like, "Not it's not about to happen, homie." So what do you think when a couple gets into it in an elevator in a public setting, um, but they they choose to stay in the relationship together? I'm not going to say that that's just outright toxic. Like, I think that it's not like sweet. But I don't think, damn sure ain't sweet. Yeah, but I don't necessarily know. Because, for instance, I feel like when we heard about the Beyonce, Jay-Z, Solange thing, we also always heard about it paired with like some infidelity and stuff like that. Like, so I think that was the thing that most people related it to. Whereas, you know, could have been just, you said you were going to get the groceries and you didn't. And but like, you know, you, you don't, you never really know what the context of it is. Like, unless you have the audio or unless you're standing right there and you're hearing that it's some really deep stuff. I think it's not necessarily, unless it's physical, it's not necessarily the argument that's, cause for a breakup but I think it's the content because I know like I had an ex where we really didn't argue like we didn't we would get into like intense conversation but we wouldn't argue and curse each other out if nothing was ever below the belt but he was cheater like so it didn't matter that like we weren't in an elevator in public arguing it was still just like not good reason to stay together like that's toxic having you know. So that, that works in the, I guess, the, the Beyonce, Jay-Z. Have you seen the... No, Sweetie I don't know anything Qua- about this. The Sweetie Quavo incident um, was in an elevator. It just came out earlier this week. However, we found out that it actually happened A last year, year. At some point last year in 2020. She, they're heading into an elevator. She tries to grab a bag from him. A bag that looks like it has a lot of expensive things in it. We don't know. She tries to grab it. He grabs a bag. And they are in the elevator. And while he's still trying to keep her away from the bag, he like bodies her into a physical. wall and she falls to the floor. Oh, yeah. it's definitely physical. That's physical. So oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. And so he I didn't even think... help her up or anything. So it's no. not even so like they, a... they had awkward silence in the elevator. So they got to their stop and opened up while she just stayed on the floor and he did not help her. He just stood there blocking the bags so that she would not get the bags. 
Yeah. And I we now that. find out, jump to present day, that they have broken up because he cheated. But we don't mm-hmm. know what this elevator scuffle was about a year ago. Yeah. I mean, but I think that's toxic because it's physical. It's violent. Like, they're clearly, <laughs> that's not a healthy relationship. But I don't think the public aspect of it is a factor. I think it's just that it's happening. You know, like, so whether it's no one knew about it because it happened in their bedroom or because it's happening in an elevator, I think it's toxic because it's violent. And I think there's like, obviously a lot of different types of like, there could be emotional violence, verbal abuse, like it doesn't have to necessarily be physical for it to be bad, but definitely if it's outright physical, that's crazy. All right. No, we, we totally agree. So thank you for playing our version of sweet or toxic. So are you spelling this like sweet, like sweet? Of course, honey. It's sweet or toxic. But you know what? Before you go, let's remind the people where we can find you. Give us the socials. Give us the website. Let us know where we can find you. Give us Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. All the things. MySpace. Absolutely. So... The website is thepoetslist.com, spelled the right way. The Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are all at The Poets List. Very simple. And I am Lexi, and you can find me at just Lexi, J-U-S-T-L-E-X-Z-I-E. And again, all my opinions are mine. The Poets List completely separate. So if you don't agree with me, please still share your opinion on The Poets List. Of course, you are separate <laughs> from your brand, but also yes. how can people get involved just before you head out? Give us this yeah, last one on. So we do have merch, like I said, we have mugs and shirts are the main items, but you know, they're dope, they're hoodies, t-shirts, all that. Um, so of course, purchasing, that's a, an amazing representation of the brand when you walk out into the world, but it's also helping to support us. You can also donate and if nothing else, we love when people share. So just share the handles, share a poem or a video if you see it on the poets list. And yeah, just tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a poet to tell a poet. Great. So if anyone <laughs> is interested in writing, getting into poetry, you reach out to the poets list, get in those DMs. And also just remember that black owned businesses are the future. We are here. So let's support everybody. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lexi, for being our first guest. Thank, Thank you. you guys. I loved it. Appreciate you guys. So for this week's segment on Goodreads, reads, watches, new music to watch out for, we have this new show that is yet to be picked up. It's in the piloting aspect, so we hope it really does happen. Treva's going to tell us a little bit more about that. So what's this new TV show we should be getting into? I am so excited for this new pilot, hoping that it will become a great series regular. But ABC is on it because once Blackish happened, they had their spinoff with Grownish. And now recently Mixish, as of 2019, they realized that seeing black people in the black family, the black diaspora, really brings a lot of uh, people to the forefront. So, this new show is called Black Don't Crack. It will be starring Sherry Shepard, who is also a producer, 
She will be joined by Essence Atkins. We know her from Smart Guy and from Half and Half. And recently from Marlon. And also our favorite Tisha Campbell. We know her from House Party, Martin, and My Wife and Kids. So these three women will be the stars of the show. They will also be joined by Taj Mori. He is also from Smart Guy, and he will be a series regular. But, um, Sully, tell us about the producers and the writers of this show. So, this producer is an all-too-familiar name. Regina Hicks has brought us Marlin and every POC's favorite show, Insecure. So, we already know that this is about to be a... Hella good show to watch. So, you know, we're very hopeful that this does get picked up, that this will join the ABC lineup because they're already giving us life with blackish, grownish, mixedish. And now it's really giving us that real true POC introspective with Black Don't Crack. In addition to Regina Hicks, we'll also have familiar faces, Viola Davis and her husband, Julius Tennant, who will be coming onto the show as EPs. So you already know everything Viola does is good, hunty. Uh, we are excited. This is going to be real black people magic. The plot of the show is that Sherry Shepard, Essence Atkins, and Tisha Campbell will be playing three former sorority sisters who have kind of lost touch after college. And now they will somehow come in contact with each other after pivotal moments in their life. So I'm excited to see this, but I really do hope that it gets picked up after pilot season. This is another show that we need and love, and I'm glad ABC is more about showcasing black families, black voices, and everything black. Yes, yes, yes. And while this next artist may not necessarily be new to us, uh, we definitely have been getting into the Saweetie vibes as of late because, you know, her music is really speaking a whole word. And she's got some really great hits out there that we kind of slept on a little bit. But, you know, the stuff that she'd be talking about, it hits on a real level. So get into it. Check this out. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.